Welcome to the job interview experience. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. I am a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, founder of candidateclub.com and your hosts of the job interview experience. Let's talk about something that's common for all of us and that is selling ourselves and being confident during the interview. You're doing two things at once, selling yourself, you're pitching your skills as a candidate and ways that you can help the company achieve their goals. That's something we talk about a lot on this podcast. The other part is self-confidence. That's a range of things from having the self-esteem to walk through the door and shake hands with someone without being a whole bundle of nerves to being sure that your skills will help the company. We're going to use a letter from a listener to help dig into this. And I'm going to give you some examples of ways to improve your self-confidence in your life. And this should apply to your interview. And then also some ways to pitch yourself and prepare for your interview. To get started, here's a letter. How can I sell myself in interviews? I try hard to look and sound confident and I get really nervous. I sometimes say too much or not enough. When I'm asked, do you have any questions for us? I always forget what I researched and prepared. Thank you. Here's my response. Thank you for an honest, open question. I'll tell you that confidence is not really something you can fake or practice. Confidence is more of an outcome than a state. So if it's an outcome, how do you begin? I share your feeling and the struggle, and I can relate 100%, especially earlier in my career. So I'll just tell you what helped me. This might not be what helps everyone, and help might not even be the right word. This is more changed or transformed or matured me. This is just a little bit of my story and how I've gone through this process. So first, when I was younger, so we're going to say, uh, my early 20s, which was w after I graduated from college, I just embarrassed myself. And that's probably how I've grown the most. I would feel nervous or awkward or out of place and perhaps say something stupid at an interview or at work. Luckily for me, coworkers and managers would give me looks. You know what that look is or call me out. And it's just humiliating. But I didn't hate them for it. I thought about it hard and decided to improve. And now I'm grateful for the people who did certain things or looked at me a certain way to let me know that what I said showed my lack of maturity. I had a quick wit, which can be fun. It's fun to be funny around friends and bounce off each other. But it also means in my case that I've spent quite a bit of time speaking as I think. For me, I had to learn to hold my tongue and not say things as they came to mind. As I learned to control that, my confidence quickly rose. My self-confidence and your self-confidence, one of the biggest factors of it rising is just simply being confident that you can hold your tongue. It's not always having the right thing to say. It's knowing that you're not going to just speak and think afterwards. As I learned to control that, my confidence quickly rose. I'm not perfect and I can't, I'm not perfect, but I can't tell you how much better it feels to be able to think without speaking, stop and think instead of responding and choose my words as wisely as I can. The next thing that helped me was pushing myself outside of work. I joined professional organizations, nonprofit committees, boards, 
I joined these things in my early 20s, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. They were glad to have a young person on board, and I was nervous. I was really nervous every meeting, and every time I spoke, my face would go red. I did a lot of good there, and they were organizations and nonprofits that I really cared about. So I don't want this to sound like it was entirely painful, but I did have painful moments, and that's how I learned. I made jokes as a nervous habit that didn't always stick. Another lesson I learned was to stop trying to be funny. Just be silent and smart. I'm not saying that that's you. I'm not saying that that's the person that wrote the letter or the listener. That was me. So push your limits and get involved with organizations with people older and more experienced than you. Try and sit at some tables with people that earn more than you do. You gain confidence from talking to them and you'll get a look into their world, how they behave, how they conduct a meeting, how often they pull out their cell phone, if they're early or late, everyone's a little bit different, but it gives you exposure to that. Now think of this, say you are on a committee at a nonprofit and once a month you sit next to a company CEO or president. And I would highly recommend all listeners to get involved in a nonprofit, whether that be volunteering in the field or they often have committees that are designed for perhaps young professionals or people that have talent in different areas, whether that be social media or marketing or social or planning, whatever that is. So to get back to what I was saying, to say that you're in a nonprofit committee and once a month you sit next to a president or CEO from your area, all of a sudden you are peers for one hour a month. Maybe not quite peers, but you sit at the same table. You humanize each other. You're next to a leader, but it's not in the situation of an interview. For many of us, the only time we're around people like this, the big wigs, is maybe when we're at the interview or we're meeting them at the water cooler at work. In these situations, you're at the table with them. It's kind of an equalizer. And then maybe you'll go to events at the same time, and it will make an impact on you and your self-confidence. When you're at, say, a fundraiser event or one of these events for the nonprofit, and that higher-ranking person, that CEO or VP or whatever it is, comes up to you and says, hey, how's it going, Jane? Or, hey, how's it going, John? And they recognize you, and they think of you as a peer, and they, they should treat you well. They should treat you as a friend or a peer or someone else that's involved. You can build rapport with that person. You will learn. You will learn that she's a friendly human that enjoys your company. If you want, ask questions, ask her to get coffee and learn her story. And all of a sudden you have, you knew that those meetings will make you nervous too. Going out with a CEO for a cup of coffee or getting to know them better having conversations with them. I'm not saying it won't make you nervous, but it'll make other things in life seem less intimidating. It will be practice for you to gain that self-confidence. Fast forward to your next interview now. You won't be interviewing with the CEO. You will likely be interviewing with people further down the ranks in the organization. And all of a sudden, they won't seem so intimidating. You've learned to talk and sit next to the big boss, their big boss, that also makes them nervous. And your perspective of these people has shifted. In short, when you make mistakes, be a little hard on yourself, hard enough for introspection and the determination to improve. Second, gain exposure to professionals much higher on the ladder than you. When I was younger, I ended up in rooms with people 20 years or 30 years older than me with high positions. When I went back to networking groups 
or interviews with people closer to my age, everything seemed much easier. As for the questions you asked about, the questions at the end of the interview, write them down beforehand and bring them with you. I keep telling people this, bringing a portfolio to your interview makes you look better than bringing a resume and then being empty-handed and giving it, you're empty-handed once you give your resume to the interviewer. Get a portfolio, take notes during your interview. There's nothing wrong with that. When I interviewed people, when I, when I hired people, if they would have taken notes, I wouldn't have thought there's anything weird with that. Don't take too many notes. And it's really, it's not the point of having it isn't to take notes, but you can kind of in, in between your pre-prepared questions, write your question in there, sneak it into your interview with you that way. In your portfolio, write down all your questions, cross them off once or if they are answered during your interview. If you have new questions during the interview, don't interrupt the flow by asking them. Write them down during the interview, then ask, ask those questions when you're asked if you have any questions at the end of the interview. Before we get back to the rest of my response, I wanted to let you know that Candidate Club is running a promotion, 25% off interview prep packages with code PODCAST. I created Candidate Club with my knowledge and experience hiring and interviewing thousands of candidates. You can quickly learn the do's, don'ts, insider information, and best practices featuring video instruction, questions and answers, and the information you need to walk into your interview with confidence and professionalism. Check out candidateclub.com. Look through the testimonials and the monthly packages. Use code podcast at checkout for 20% off. Back to my response. Building confidence takes practice and it requires new experiences and pushing your comfort zone. You can do it. You'll be glad you did. Never. We should never stop working to improve ourselves. Eventually, you will find others looking up to you. And you can step up and help them as well. I end this saying, did that help? I'd love to answer any other questions you might have. And then this listener said, your reply helped me so much. Honestly, I always walk into interviews empty-handed. I'd like to have a portfolio with me. I just thought if I had things written down or asked questions from a piece of paper I had, I would look perhaps forgetful. I'll make myself up a portfolio today. I'm hoping that will help me feel more prepared and less nervous. I went to school for medical office administration. I graduated 10 years ago with honors, and I've only ever been able to land one job in that field. I was an office coordinator for a home healthcare company. It was a mat leave position. Since then, I've only been able to work in call centers. I find the work too easy and just unable to get away. All of my experience is rated to related to call centers, but because I find it so easy, I feel my experience isn't enough in other fields. I don't know what, is, what it is about me. I'm overweight, so I can't help but think that that is also a deciding factor in the hiring process. I hate to say that. I'm trying harder to better my life, but I've been trying to get out of the call center industry for three years. I get interviews sometimes. I write a cover letter and thank you letter every time. I don't get callbacks or even a thanks, but no thanks. I need a ton of help. Thank you so much for replying to my questions. And that ends the reply from this listener that listens to the podcast. And I'm reading all this because some of you might be in these same situations. I wake up some days lacking self-confidence. We all do, whether it's trying something new that we're not sure we can accomplish it, or even going back to things that maybe we've done before and the, the old feelings that we got from trying to do those and maybe failing coming up again. So here's my reply to this listener. 
Be confident in what you have to offer. It's a lot. To get started, there are portfolios on Amazon for around $10 or $12 that look great. I've talked to them on the podcast before. They're faux leather portfolios on Amazon. Amazon is not a sponsor of this podcast, and I'm not going to link these portfolios that I like because I don't want to look like I'm pushing a product here. So just go on Amazon, type fake leather portfolio or leather portfolio, look for the one that's $10 or $12. That's what I use. I've used it for, I don't know, five or six years. Love it. To continue on, having questions written down actually makes you look better. Someone who took the time to prep and give real thought into the job and write down some questions that came to their mind while they're thinking about this job. Having questions makes a huge difference. I view candidates, I'm saying this, I view candidates without questions as less interested. One thing to keep in mind, applying for jobs is a numbers game. I hear from people that have applied to three to five jobs in a year and are frustrated. Apply to a lot more than that. Apply to jobs you don't think you're super qualified for. You never know if they have an unlisted upcoming position that they find just right for you. Or maybe you don't have quite the right qualifications, but you have other qualities that they say, hey, this is the type of person we want to work here. This is the type of person we want in our organization. The more you can remove yourself emotionally from the application and rejection process, the better. Remain neutral and determined until the day you get an offer and then go nuts and celebrate. Thank you for writing in. For my listeners, don't forget to use code podcast for 20% off at checkout at candidateclub.com. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back with more soon.